Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 40 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Brian from The Average Geek Show. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on this uh, very warm uh, summer day. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm inside an air conditioning, so I'm okay for right now. <laughs> yeah, ours is ours is trying to keep up with the 108 degree heat, but uh, it's doing an admirable job. Uh, I'm going to start off by apologizing to both you and my listeners, because I am still recovering from probably the worst case of con crud I have ever had. So I apologize if I sniffle and snuffle through this episode, but I will try and edit out most of the uh, hacks and coughs so that you don't have to listen to me being ill as we record. But but we are going to have fun nonetheless. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, this year's Comic-Con was... uh, It was warmer and more humid than normal, so I think the con crud is just that much more severe. Yeah, I think everything everything bloomed. <laughs> it had a lot more moisture and heat to just kind of <laughs> release whatever it was into the world. Absolutely. <laughs> well, if uh, people wanted to know about you, I'm trying to remember what episode we had you on. I want to say it was somewhere around 25. Yeah, uh, I think that sounds about right. Um, I don't have my my iTunes up right now, so I couldn't tell you. Well, if we want to know the nitty-gritty of uh, of who you are, we can go back to that. But what have you been up to since we've had you on the show last? I have been severely addicted to uh, Pokemon Go. Uh, <laughs> I, I have I have a problem, um, but I have five friends that have joined me in that problem. Um, and we kind of go out as a as a herd, and we just pick places in San Diego County. Uh, where I live here, and uh, we go and find Pokemon, and I'm actually super excited because I got an Omanyte last night. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I I couldn't believe it, and it was just random happenstance that I ran into it. Yeah, I've been uh, a, a huge fan. We have um, Matt's nephew out staying with us for a couple weeks over the summer, and so we've we've made a daily trip out somewhere in Palm Springs to to catch Pokemon each evening. Um, and uh, often while my husband is driving, uh, 
Liam and I are sitting there saying, okay, pull, pull over. <laughs> pull over because there's a Charmander over here that we need to catch. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot. Um, one night we went out to, uh, and this is actually the night before I met up with you at Comic-Con, uh, Joe. Um, we were out at Balboa Park, and some guy yelled Snorlax, and it started to stampede <laughs> uh, over to this tiny little area of Balboa Park. And at one point, we had to cross a bridge to get to the Snorlax, and some guy had just pulled over, like, driven up onto the grass in the sidewalk, jumped out of his vehicle, left the door wide open, and was running to catch this Snorlax. I mean, it's getting kind of crazy. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, please play Pokemon Go responsibly. It's not like these these Pokemon are going to go away anytime soon. So if you miss the Snorlax, which is the only one I haven't caught as far like I've the only one that I have um the silhouette in my Pokédex, but he got away, so I don't actually have him. Oh. Um but it'll be back, and I will find – everybody else seems to have a Snorlax, so I'm sure I will get one as well. Yeah, you just got to use that uh, that Pokemap application for your phone, the one that, that's like a Google Maps view, and it shows you where all the Pokemon are and how much time they're going to be there. Yeah, um, Pokevision is the one you can go to on the uh, – like it's got a website. Oh, okay. And I, I seem to think that that one – I, it seems a little bit more accurate. It just might be a little bit more cumbersome because um, I think it's pinging the servers. Okay. But yeah, I've I've been tempted when I've looked around uh, Palm Springs, downtown Palm Springs, to say, you know what, there's there's a you know a rare Pokemon over there, and it's going to be there for another seven minutes. Uh, probably could make it. <laughs> if we run, we can do that. We go really fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's been a lot of fun. Which which team are you on? I am Team Mystic. Okay, I'm Team uh, Instinct. Uh, I'll try not to hold it against you. Uh, same here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny because one of the things that we did while we were at San Diego Comic-Con, and, and in case people haven't figured out, we're going to be all over the place today. So um, so I apologize if we're a little bit uh, hey, jumping all over. But it's a, it's a conversation. We want it to flow naturally. Yeah, it's going to be like one of our shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, there was a panel, a Pokemon Go panel, on Sunday of, of Comic-Con, and there were rumors that there were going to be a legendary Pokemon there, and there wasn't, but a bunch of us were standing around, and of course people started talking, and a group passed by, and they were like, woo, Team Valor, who seemed to be the loudest of the groups. Yeah, they're, you know, no offense to anybody who's on Team Valor, but they seem like the boneheads, like, just like the obnoxious bros of the Pokemon world. Yeah, there, there, there is a little bit that they, they are definitely fiery, as their type <laughs> would, uh, would imply. But, uh, they were like, woo, Team Valor, and they're like making all this noise. And the woman next to me goes, you know, I just don't get it. In this world where we're, there's just so much strife and conflict, why, why do you gotta be divisive like that? Why? And I was like, oh, which team are you? And she goes, oh, I'm Team Valor. <laughs> but I don't know why you're running around screaming, woo, Team Valor. It's like, yay, this is wonderful. And, I've seen um, a, a combined logo of uh, for Team Harmony. Yes, I love that. And and I kind of wish that that was kind of where we all went because I think it's a good message and I think it's a a good thing. And so I'm going to start trying to promote Team Harmony. Yeah, I, and I will join you in that because honestly, I don't get. I mean, I joke and say, you know, oh, I'm not going to hold it against you. I honestly don't get 
you know, the differences between the team. And it's like, uh, all right, is there like some kind of tie in? I mean, why do we need to be on different teams? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I realize that part of it's the whole trying to take over gyms. You have to have factions so that you can uh, um, kind of figure stuff out. But I know most people just pick them randomly before they really realize that there was like a movement behind their teams. Yeah, that that's honestly what I did. I'm like, well, my favorite color is blue, so team blue. Yeah, and I was, uh, when I picked team yellow, I was like, well, I'm playing Pokemon yellow right now, so I'll pick team yellow. And I just double checked with my brother. Because I figured, hey, we'll be on the same team. And he was like, yeah, Team Yellow. I'm like, all right. So, uh, so yeah, I've been telling friends and everybody that have joined since I joined Team Yellow, hey, Team Yellow, just so we can all be on the same team. But other than that, it was relatively random. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to come in more to play um, because I heard that they're going to add, like, uh, trainer battles so that, uh-huh. like, people can just battle each other and not have to be at a gym to do it. Um, so I think it's going to come into play more with that. Like you may be only able to battle your own or uh, people that aren't on your team. I, I don't know. Well, nonetheless, it should be fun either way. But but we need to we need to stay unified, people. I think that's going to be it's going to be the call to to action over the next several episodes is uh, is geek unity, and uh, we, we will talk a little bit more about uh, that as we get into the the Comic Con experience this uh, past week. Absolutely. Yeah. So other than Pokemon Go, what have you been up to this week? Anything exciting or fun? Well, um, I've been trying uh, for the last week now. I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to discuss this um, because I went and spent money and saw Ghostbusters. Yes. And it seems like you can't say anything bad about this movie without somebody saying, you know, oh, you're a misogynist or, you, you know, you just don't understand good cinema. And I, I like to think, I mean, it, you've heard some of our movie review shows. I like to think I'm a pretty good judge of good cinema. Yeah. Um, I really, really wanted to like this movie. Because um, a good friend of our show, Robin Shelby, um, she played Slimer in Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. And she has a cameo appearance in this movie. And she is all about promoting this movie. And we really wanted to support her. But I just could not like this movie. I mean, it wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Um, a lot of the science that they tried to really promote in this movie was, it, it felt like they're beating you over the head with a two by four uh-huh. with it. Um, but I will say this, I, I'm going to put a positive spin on that um, because I found uh, somebody had posted something um they called it delightful observations from women on Ghostbusters. So, okay, this is um, this is written by women, and I agree with this wholeheartedly. Even though I thought the movie was terrible, um, there were no fat jokes, there was no gratuitous sexiness, no sexed-up costumes. Um, the women were interacting like actual women. Um, there was no real romance to speak of. Um, realistic awkwardness uh, in terms of like women, you know, gawking men. Uh-huh. Um, this one I found kind of funny. Women eating actual food and not in a sexy way. <laughs> it's like, all right, sure. Um, women not needing to ask a man for help. That was super awesome. I liked that. Um, cause that was a big thing in the movie is like, they're like, we don't need a man's help. We can do this. Um, women being skilled in their fields. Absolutely. Um, 
women being confident in their identities and not being plagued with self-doubts and crying into ice cream. Um, also, an actual action sequence without tit shots or sexy camera angles, uh, which I actually liked a lot better than like the tit shots and sexy camera angles that they usually use when filming like women heroes. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, overall, women kicking ass and saving the world. You know, it was... It was a great movie in in those terms. However, the way they fought ghosts, you know, I'm sorry, hand-to-hand combat with ghosts. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, instead of capturing ghosts, they were killing the ghosts. And it's like, I'm sorry, you can't kill something that's already dead. Um, yeah, I would, I mean, I, I agree with you on, on almost all of these points. I think the biggest thing I, I have a problem with is that we have to, like, like all the observations that you just, uh, pointed out, I'm like, is it sad? Isn't it sad that we're like, oh, look at all these things that should be in any movie ever that we're surprised are in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it really didn't register with me because I'm a white dude. You know, that it's like, you know, it takes a list like this to actually make me go, huh, all right, well, I guess, you know, they're, you know, these are actual things, you know, I've never picked up on it before. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun, but I have, um, as as our uh, regular movie reviewer on the show, Ray Vargas, will will attest to, I tend to be able to turn my brain off and just enjoy <laughs> And, uh, and so, you know, a lot of people will go, how could you have liked this movie? And I'm like, cause I went in going, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to have a good time with it. Um, and, and I had a good time with this one. I, I, I agree that some of the ghost busting was a little bit out of, out of sorts with what we were used to, especially if you watched like the cartoon and stuff. Oh, I am all about Ghostbusters. Um, huge fan of both movies, loved both cartoon shows. Because we had Ghostbusters Extreme in the late 90s. Yes. Um, and this movie just, it missed the mark for me. Um, the only thing I will say, though, that I really, truly enjoyed, well, there's two things uh, that I really, truly enjoyed about the movie, um, was Kate McKinnon. Uh-huh. She was fantastic. Yeah, she was really good. Um, and then uh, the other thing I liked was the ghosts. Uh, I thought the CG and the way they designed the ghosts had a genuinely uh, frightening element to it. And I felt like if they could have done that with the original movies, they would have. Right. A lot of people were like, it doesn't look like the original movies because the technology wasn't there yet. Exactly. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I also very much enjoyed uh, Kevin. Really? Yeah. I, well, it's, it's Chris Hemsworth. So I, I, I like, I like Chris Hemsworth for many reasons, um, and especially especially the reason why he was in this movie, um, which was to look pretty. But um, I just I, I he was so ridiculously stupid yeah. that that it was it was just fun. It was kind of like what stupid thing is he going to do next? It added that because I, I like random humor, and it was just random enough that it was just odd. And uh, my friends and I have started uh, referring to stupid people that we encounter in real life as Kevin. <laughs> there was a very, um, very handsome, but very poor at his job waiter that, uh, my friend Rob and I had the pleasure of dealing with when on our first day at Comic-Con. 
and um, and so we re- we lovingly referred to him as Kevin for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> um, and I think there was another another individual that we ran into at one point that was was in a service industry that we dubbed Kevin. So that has become my friends and I are uh, our, our little code word for really bad at their job person <laughs> is Kevin. Well, as somebody who worked in the service industry for a very long time. Uh, there are a lot of Kevins that work in the service industry, <laughs> which is why I reward the ones that are like really, really good at their job. You know, I, uh, I, you know, because I think I have a unique perspective working in the restaurant industry, uh-huh. you know, that it's like when I see somebody that's actually really good at their job, I tip extremely well. I'm talking like almost 50%. That's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I, we had we had part of the the Comic Con experience for me and my friends is the the restaurants. We'll go down there and try new foods and everything while we're in in San Diego, uh, because you guys have become quite the the foodie town. Oh hell yeah, and I love every minute of it. Yeah, and so um, I'm not going to say the name of the establishment. I will tell you about it after <laughs> we are off the air. But um, we went to a restaurant for breakfast one morning, and. We had two theories as to what was going on in, in, in that particular establishment. Either we had entered in a parallel universe where ser- bad service was standard and that everybody was just, you know, trying to be bad at their job. Oh, no. Or it was a front for the Russian mafia. Oh, <laughs> It wasn't because last resort, was it? No, 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 no. Because that they're wonderful. We actually didn't go there this year, which is a rarity for us because usually we hit that up at least once um, each each year. You have, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And for those of you who don't uh, know Dick's Last Resort, it's it's one of those places where you go in and they they are purposefully bad. Um, they, they, they do it as, as humor and part of their shtick. So it, it's, it's, it's quite the experience. I highly recommend. No, this place was just a little place we went to for breakfast. Um, I had forgotten my bag back at the hotel. So, um, we stay in Old Town. We take the train in to the convention center. And so I left my friends at the, at the train station. I said, you know, I'll be one train behind you. I'll go grab my bag. So I showed up maybe five minutes after they had sat down and I was served first. Oh, wow. Even though I ordered about five or 10 minutes after they did. And then, um, the person who had ordered the parfait was served last. Oh my God. By, by like a good 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> so it was, it was a, it was an experience. Lots, lots of Kevin's. Well, lots of Kevin's. I will tell you that usually um, restaurants that are trying to get rid of people will put them on like weekend breakfast shifts uh, just to kind of force them out because weekend breakfast shifts suck. Most restaurants don't bring their A game or their A crew in um, unless it's like a Friday or Saturday night. Then they have all of their A crew there. That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah, we 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 also theorized that it was everybody's first day. <laughs> it was just across the board everybody's first day. Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, usually during Comic Con, since we're on this topic, usually during Comic Con, I make it a point to go to. Uh, this is one of my favorite restaurants uh, down near the convention center. Uh, it's a place called Buster's. Okay. Uh, it, it's over in Seaport Village, um, and it's it's done up like a like an old beach house from like the 
late 50s, early 60s. Um, but it's like Hawaiian-Californian fusion cuisine. Yes, I've, now that you're mentioning I have been there, and it is very good. Oh, man. It is like, it's a little pricey, but it's so worth it. Their, their Kahlua pork, it makes me weep. <laughs> yeah, lots of good eating in, in San Diego. Which, um, which actually reminds me, you and I had dinner on Sunday night. What did you think of that place? I really liked it. I really liked it. I, I wish I had ordered um, what you had ordered. <laughs> just because I I don't I didn't have a concept of what it was until I tasted yours and it was phenomenal. Yeah, that that's one of my favorite things to get there. That and the fish and chips. But and what was it called again? Because I'm drawing a blank. Um, it was uh, it's an Irish box tea, but uh, I had the white wine chicken box tea. Um, and for those of you guys that don't know what a box tea is, it's basically a potato crepe that has green onions in it, and then they they fill it with. Um, they've got like six different fillings that you can get in there, but I got the white wine chicken because it's fun. They basically fill it with amazing is what they do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually one of the restaurants that I used to work at. Yeah, it was a it was a really great place and uh, good beer, good company. It was it was a it was a fun way to close out the weekend. Absolutely, I don't think I would have rather done it any other way. Very cool. What other what other stuff? We, we I think both had very busy weeks, and I'm on week two of not reporting it out. So, uh, any other keeping it geek this week stuff you've done? Um, I actually um during Comic Con, um, I had tickets to uh Wootstock, um, which uh if you don't know what Wootstock is, it's basically billed as nerd vaudeville. Um, and it's put on by Adam Savage from the Mythbusters, uh, Will Wheaton, and uh, Paul and Storm, who are internet musicians. Uh, it, it is fantastic. They have uh, special guests that pop on all the time. Um, and uh, this year their theme was uh, TED Talks. And it was all like uh, super sarcastic, uh, pretentious, douchey TED Talks. Nice. Um you know, and of course, there was music. Um, one of the special guests was uh, Patrick Rothfuss of the uh, Kingslayer Chronicles. Okay. And he announced that his third book, which people have been waiting years for, has been sent off to the editor's office for final approval. So Now, is this a franchise that you have followed for a while? Um, not really. I mean, I'm a fan of Patrick Rothfuss's uh, short stories. Um, but I haven't read the Kingslayer com uh, the uh, Kingslayer Chronicles, excuse me, and uh, I think I'm gonna read them because I've heard they're really, really, really good, um, like rival Game of Thrones. That's really cool. So um, the other cool thing that came out of Wootstock was that uh, they actually had Joel from Mystery Science Theater 3000 there, and he did um, he did a whole talk on how he was really into uh, ventriloquism as a kid and the photos were frightening like haunt your dreams frightening <laughs> um but they also talked about the new season of mystery science theater 3000 that is going to be airing on netflix um and uh, they asked us not to give away any spoilers so i'm gonna i'm gonna behave and not do that but it's gonna be fantastic now they've had the most successful kickstarter in history is that what I heard? Yeah, they, it's been one of the most successful Kickstarters in history. Um, they have had a huge cult following uh, for the original show. And uh, since Netflix started airing 
a few of the episodes uh, here and there, um, it's just become more popular. And they actually started up a website um, called Riff Tracks, uh, and it's basically uh, you would buy, it's spend five dollars, you buy a riff track for uh, Twilight. And while you're playing the movie, you have to play it on your computer. While you're playing the movie, you can start this riff track, and it overlays on the movie, and it's basically like an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, and they were doing that for current movies, and it was phenomenal. And people kept saying, you need to bring this back as a TV show, and they're finally doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to the actual riff tracks, although I've been very tempted to get the Twilight one, because I hear it's amazing. Oh my god, I've never laughed so hard in my life. <laughs> but I, I did my, my husband's first exposure to um, Night of the Living Dead <laughs> was a uh, Fathom event um, kind of riff tracks thing that they did. And so we went into the theater uh, and watched the, the Night of the Living Dead with them commentating over it. So it was a lot of fun. I like I love them and I love their stuff. So I'm I'm really excited that they're doing uh that they're going to be releasing on Netflix. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I cannot I cannot wait. Um, I don't think we have a firm date of when that's occurring. Um, but it's soon. So I'm really really excited. That's awesome. All right. Um, anything else? Um, I well I don't want to take over your show here, but I I kind of have a rant that I I'd, I'd like to. To get out of the way. Yes, please, and and then uh, you rant, and then I will. Um, I'll talk about my week, or do you want? Well, let me talk about my week, and let's end with your rant because I think your rant is important. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to go. Okay, and then I played video games. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, go for it, man. So I, I've mentioned on previous uh, episodes that I've been because of Pokemon Go and because of my brother's enthusiasm for the P- Pokemon franchise. I I've been playing Pokemon on my. Um, my DS and I have gone back to Pokemon yellow and that game is so freaking grindy. (laughs) I it's, I figured, Oh, you know, you can download red, you can download blue or you can get yellow. And why wouldn't we get yellow? Because it's got Pikachu and it's basically the cartoon on the video game. And, um, if you look at the guide for, for the red, blue and yellow, yellow is like 10, every, every boss is, every gym leader is 10 levels higher in yellow oh. than it is in red or blue. So where I would naturally be able to take on a gym kind of in the natural progression of things, I have to stop just before every gym and go find a patch of grass that has high enough Pokemon <laughs> and then just grind all my Pokemon up to the next level. I had totally forgotten about that with Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, well, because with with the like the other one that I've been playing is um, Alpha Sapphire, and they've got like a little item that you can have that basically levels up all your characters at the same time. Oh, is it the uh, the leftovers? Well, it's it's a uh, like an experience share or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like it it, just, it goes up. So quickly, almost to the point where you're like, I feel bad because I'm I'm out leveling all of this stuff, <laughs> and and it's easy mode, and all. I mean, I can I can deal with a lot of the um the niceties that they've added. I can deal without that. I'm, I don't mind switching my boxes when I you know so that they don't fill up and I lose a Pokemon or you know putting items into a the bank so that way I have room in my my bag while I'm 
running around. But grinding up those Pokemon, oh my god. <laughs> Especially when like the only patch of grass that's of level has a bunch of Jigglypuffs and Abras in it. Because all they do is either disappear or put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That that really pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of nostalgia, but every time I get to a point where I'm I'm having to grind up, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a break from this and go either play Pokemon Go or, or something else because right now the Pokemon Yell is not the the grind is not doing it for me. But but we're going to push through. Absolutely. Um, as I said, I've been doing a lot of Pokemon Go as as you have. Uh, we've been kind of trying to like stealth take over some of the the gyms that have just been, you know, that have the the low hanging fruit, <laughs> but because um, we're not quite high enough level to to tackle anything big, and there's some some gyms out here that are like full level seven, you know, you're gonna need an army of teammates to go in and take it over. So, you know, for the most part, it's just been collecting and leveling, but that's been a lot of fun. We also went to see Star Trek Beyond this uh, this past week. Oh, I've been wanting to see got... that. How is it? It's good. Um. There's stuff that I definitely like about it. There were moments where I just kind of felt like it was a little cinematic cheesy um, without giving things away too too hard. There were a couple of moments where I'm like, really? Really, this is how we're going to win the day? <laughs> um, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. I, I love the actors. I love uh, the characters that they've added in, in, in this one. Um, it, it felt... Like a very fun, enjoyable movie. There were only a few moments where I was taken out of it and gone, uh, I don't know that this is Star Trek or uh, I don't know that this is very believable. But uh, but for the most part, it was still fun and enjoyable. And I, I still am constantly in awe of the, the performers because most of them are just dead on with their characters. Yeah, you know, I've been I'm a huge fan of Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. And I I've been hearing mixed things about Star Trek Beyond, and it's and I've been wanting to see it and wanting to see it, and of course wanting to see it because you know Anton Yelchin. Um, yeah. What a terrible tragedy that is. Yeah. Um. But you know I've just been unsure about going and spending the money on it because of the mixed reviews, and I'm not that big on Star Trek as you know. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I don't know that it's one that you're going to miss if you watch it later on, you know, Netflix or whatever. Okay. Because it's 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 a fun movie, but if you're not somebody who goes out and sees every big blockbuster in the film, because, I mean, that's that's what my husband and I do. Like, we, we love the movies, so we try and go see a movie at least every week. Um, the summer has been a little dry <laughs> as far as our opportunities to do so, because not a lot of stuff has come out. Uh, until just the last couple of weeks, but um, but if you're not somebody who makes a point to go see most movies in the theater, then this is not one that I would say would have to make your top ten this year. Oh, good to know. Yeah, I, I, no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly decent film, but you know, for for the the casual in theater moviegoer, I wouldn't I wouldn't put this. On. Alrighty, I I guess I will wait then for uh, for the red box or the Netflix version. Yeah, and then the last thing I I I know Philippe has played Warcraft. Were you, did you ever play Warcraft? I played the original Warcraft, uh, one through three. Um, when uh, World of Warcraft came out, I, I was actually super super excited about it because I was a huge fan, 
And I bought it, got it home, installed it, and then it's like, oh, please input your credit card. It's fourteen ninety five a month. I got pissed, uninstalled the game, boxed it up, and returned it. Oh, wow. And didn't look back, because I'm like, this is bullshit. You want me to pay a monthly fee just to play your game? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have been a, a big World of Warcraft fan for quite a while, and the pre-patch for their new expansion came out actually the Tuesday of Comic-Con, which I was a little bit bitter about. I got salty. I was like, really? Oh, you know no. Comic-Con is this week. You know it's going to be filled with nerds. Why are you releasing this now? Why don't you just wait a week so the rest of us can jump in? Um but uh, but they've made a lot of changes to a bunch of the classes, and I've never been a huge rogue player. But they they created a they took one of the specs for rogue and changed it to outlaw from combat, and so basically it plays like a pirate, oh, like a swashbuckling awesome. pirate, and it is the most fun I think I have ever had in the game. It's, you just run around. Your your swords are always flashing uh, as something's running away. There's a, a pistol shot you can do. Um, it's just fun and it's different. And so I'm I'm looking forward to Legion coming out, and I'm biding my time until Legion comes out. But this for me was like something that kind of got me back into the game before uh, the expansion releases because it was. It was just, it's just, it feels like silly fun. It's that fresh hit of nerd cocaine. It is exact. that is exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. Um, so it, it's just been fun to, like, you just run up to something and, you know, you hear the, the, the rapier sounds and it's just like, this, this makes me so ridiculously happy. Probably happier than it should. <laughs> God, you know, I, I'm, when uh, World of Warcraft came out, I, I kind of went to Diablo. And I'm trying to imagine if Diablo would add a pirate character and how much fun that would be. I don't understand how people cannot find pirates. I mean, I realize in real life, not not a fun thing. But <laughs> in fantasy, um, pirates are just they're just they're they're just serious enough to be epic. They're just silly enough to be fun. Like you you gotta love the pirates. Oh yeah, and who doesn't love Johnny Depp? Exactly. Exactly. So that was my week. I mean, honestly, most of my geek was in, you know, fits and and starts because I've I have I have been in bed for a good amount of this week. Well, that's good. Being sick is good for one thing, and that's binge watching your shows. It's true. It's very true. For for me though, I've been playing um, a phone game for. Um, the iPhone called Best Fiends. It is very Candy Crush like. Oh no! But it is it is very addicting. It is very addicting. It is my I'm going to go to bed, but I'm not quite ready to settle down yet. <laughs> so I'll just sit in bed and um and swipe yep. images. And that's when you look over at the clock and you're like, oh hey, it's 4 a.m. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. There's been a couple times that my husband's like, you are sick. Why are you still awake? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> going to sleep now. <laughs> And it's only because my battery's dead on my phone. (laughs) He doesn't need to know that. (laughs) Totally because because of his suggestion. Right on. All right, sir. The floor is yours because this is a very important rant, and I am behind it 100%. All right. Well, let me pull up my rant here so that I can touch on it. I guess I should have been prepared. It's like when you're in class and you're asking if anybody has a pencil. (laughs) All right. So I... 
just like you, Joe, uh, during Comic-Con, I spent a lot of time downtown. Um, I, I didn't have tickets to this year's con, but hopefully that'll change next year. Um, but while I was walking around downtown, I just had dinner with a very good friend of mine, um, a good friend of the show. Um, and uh, I was walking to the trolley stop to take the trolley uh, back to El Cajon, where I live. And I heard some mouth-breathing bro utter these words, and it just incensed me. Uh, but he says, look at all the freaks in the costumes. Comic-Con must be in town. And those words, it it took me right back to high school, being bullied for being a nerd, you know, being teased because I liked playing Star Wars, the collectible card game. And I just had to take to my fa- my personal Facebook and, and rant about this. Uh, because the people that come to Comic-Con in costumes are celebrating the things that they love. And they're passionate about celebrating. Asshole comments like this man's are ignorant, and it totally makes him a bully. You know, it, and it, you know, if he's that bothered by people dressing up in costumes and going downtown and celebrating their, their love for their, these characters and, and making these costumes with other like-minded people, then those assholes shouldn't be going to the biggest nerd celebration of the year. You know, I love seeing people's fandom. And I love when people are passionate about it. So, you know, I am all for supporting the cosplayers and these so-called freaks in their costumes. And I think people like this need to really look at their lives and find what they're passionate about and go, I get it. Because people that, you know, wear their jerseys, paint their face for these sporting events, that's their fandom. And they're dressing up in their team's costume. And they just don't make that connection. And and I guess it makes me so angry about it because I've gone through this with, you know, like I said, when I was in high school, but also with members of my own family that have said comments very similar to what this mouth breather said. And I just I feel so passionate about being a nerd and loving Star Wars and Doctor Who that I just don't get it. I just don't see how nerds can be looked at as freaks because we're passionate about what we love. And that's my rant. And and I, I completely 100% agree with you. And especially in this day and age, I mean, the I, we try and keep things positive here, but it, it's, it's a, it's a scary place out there right now. The, the world is not happy. <laughs> no. And it's very unfriendly for a lot of people and a lot of cultures. Yeah, and so anybody who is out there making it more unfriendly for anybody else is it's just wrong. And and I think that was one of the big through lines of Comic-Con this year is I went to a I I spend a lot of time at Comic-Con. I I I don't go to the big panels anymore. I don't go to um I don't try and get into Hall H or or any of the big movie premieres. I, I go to see the geek culture panels. I go to see people talking about what they love and talking about the communities that they're trying to build and you know, spending some time on the floor meeting people who are, are passionate about whatever it is, whether it's their art or you know, their their independent comics or whatever it happens to be. And everybody this year was talking about diversity, we're talking about um about open being open to to new things. 
being supportive of one another, and most importantly, looking at geek culture as a means of bigger change. Because geek culture right now is is basically reflecting the bigger problems in the world. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of infighting in geek culture. That, I mean, Ghostbusters is a perfect example of how how divisive our our community can be. And um, and when you hear stuff like this, obviously that person doesn't understand. Obviously, there's something that he's threatened by that he has to attack before it makes him look bad. So, and so it, it's, it's like that classic homophobe syndrome, you think? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, you don't want to... Where, like, you, you secretly you secretly a nerd. Yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily that, that they're a closeted nerd, but that their identity is so um, grounded in not being that, that they have to reject it so that they aren't associated with it. Like, if they don't reject it, then they're somehow going to be um, questioned as to why they wouldn't be against that group. Yeah, and, you know, and I thought we'd honestly moved past this um, as as nerds and as people, you know, in general, because... You know, Comic-Con has really pulled in the non-nerd crowd and and brought them into, like, the warm, loving embrace of fandom, you know, because, I mean, they have panels for things at Comic-Con that are not necessarily nerd-related. Like, I think they had, like, a Fast and a Furious panel one year at Comic-Con. Right. You know, so it's like, come on, you know, we, I think we as nerds have, have shown that we can be you know, inclusive and open-minded about things. And it just, it's shocking and disheartening for me to to hear crap like that as I'm walking around one of the biggest nerd celebrations of the year, you know? Yeah, I, people, again, I, I, I it, it does take us aback, I think, because we are so used to being more accept. We're, we've, we've made the mistake of getting comfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because when we went to Phoenix Comic Con, my husband actually, by association, got got kind of uh, discriminated against because of uh, geek culture. We went to our, we checked in late to our hotel, and um, we had some problems with parking. the The hotel wasn't wasn't uh, upfront with their parking policies, and and were asking us to park in a, a like a parking structure for a movie theater down the street if we didn't want to play pay for valet and um yeah and it it turned out that the valet price was basically the same as nightly parking would have been anyway so but they were they were really bad at explaining that so we already went in kind of on the defensive and um my husband says, you know, and it, I know we're we're checking in late, but if you have a room farther away from the the elevators, we'd appreciate it because it can get really loud. And uh, the person helping us was like, well, sir, it is Comic-Con, so it is very, uh, very busy, and you are checking in late. So it's, it's um, you know, I, I don't know that I will have any anything to move you to. And, and you are here with Comic-Con, so you are those people that, that are loud at the elevators. What? Oh yes. God! Yeah, and and he was just like, "I'm sorry," and you you know, people who listen to the show know that my husband's not a geek. <laughs> I mean, he he's he's joining the the culture because I I am so steeped in it. But but you know, he is a a college professor 
who travels frequently for business, and he was just like, I'm sorry, excuse me? And, you know, she was the manager. She wasn't even a ground-level person. And the room that they gave us was about as far away from the elevator as it could have been anyway, so all it would have taken is for her to say, oh, we already have you at a room that's not near the elevator. Um, or, or, or as my friend Rob had said, or you go, gee, sir, I'm not sure. Let me see what I can do for you. Oh, look, I'll move you to a room farther away. Look at how wonderful I am. Yeah, <laughs> like She's totally a Kevin. She, she was a Kevin. She was a Kevin. Uh, but I mean, I like the fact that nowadays somebody is still going to point out at the freaks in costume. It's just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's like you, you wish you were that passionate. Exactly, and I think it's like, all right, you know, okay, I can understand you not getting it, but to like as you put it, to feel threatened by it and to feel the need to attack somebody because of it, you know, is ridiculous. Um, just to kind of touch on the other side of this thing, you know, Nerdist released um a photo gallery, I guess this year at Comic-Con, they had a whiteboard with them, and they were asking girls in cosplay to write down the most offensive thing that somebody has ever said to them Oh wow! while they were in cosplay. And just going through, it was just like, oh my god, some of the comments. And <sighs> if I find the link again, I'll send it to you, Joe. But it was just like, you know, and some of these girls were like, mind you, I'm only 16 years old. Oh, no. And it's just like, what the fuck? Excuse my language. That's okay. We got an explicit rating. Oh, awesome. But it's just, we need to start being positive influences in the world. And making comments about about uh, cosplayers is just not that. No, it's it's vile. There's just too, there's too much. There's too much negativity and there's too much gross and it needs to stop absolutely all right sir on to positive things yes on to all the news and all the wonderfulness that is comic-con but before we do that you and i are going to be hanging out again in about a month yes uh actually on my birthday my oh very cool no less very very cool so we are going to be at nerdcon on sunday august 28th we have two panels uh one is at 10 and one is 11.30. The 10 o'clock panel is uh, a podcasting panel, and it's going to consist of uh, Geektitude, Dumbbells and Dragons, Average Geek Show, and the WEC podcast. Whoop. So uh, the four of our podcasts are going to get up there, and and there are only six people allowed on a panel, so we're going to kind of divide and conquer. Like half of the podcasts are going to be up on the stage, and the other half are going to be in the audience, and then when the next one comes, we'll switch. But um, But we're trying to get everybody represented. And so that first one is on podcasting, and then the one at 11.30, we're going to add Ray Vargas from this show, and L from the Nerd Out app, and we're going to talk about a little bit what we were just talking about and how to be a good fan, how to be a better fan, and you know do things like not bite um, Norman Reedus uh, from The Walking Dead when you the, meet him in person. The fact that he gets bitten is is shocking, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. So so the first panel podcasting, the second panel how to be a, a good and appropriate fan. Uh, the biggest concern we as podcasters have right now about this event is um, the 10 o'clock panel is 
only going to be available to people with a VIP badge. Yes. And that is up, yeah. And that's about $22 more than an average. And, and we feel bad about asking you to come see us and have to pay a premium to do so. So if you just want to see the second one, that's fine. But if you are willing to do the first, we are currently talking amongst ourselves as to how to sweeten the deal. Um, we're talking about possibly raffles, giveaways, things that will, um, make it up to you for being, um, diehard fans and coming to support us at our first convention appearance. So, so more on that as we come through, we'll release it on both of our, um, social medias and let you guys know what we finally decide, but we are, we, we already have some ideas and hopefully there will be some nice prizes and giveaways to those of you who are willing to shell out the extra money to come see us at 10 in the morning on Zay. Yes. And I found out something about the VIP passes that I think will sweeten the deal for everyone is that Friday night, there is a special VIP pass holder party and it is hosted by MC Chris. And should I know MC Chris? Uh, you should know MC Chris if you're at all a fan of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh. Um, he was the, the rapping spider. Okay. Um, but he also does a lot of Star Wars raps, including uh, Boba's Vet, as in Corvette. Um, Very nice. He does uh, one about Han Solo shooting first. Um, he's actually really fantastic. Um, so the Friday night is actual, uh, actually a special VIP party with MC Chris. So I am all about that. I know we've got the VIP passes, so I'm going to that party. Well, and I, I think that, I mean, again, I have to talk to the mister and see if I've got uh, permission to go out and play because he does not have a VIP pass. Not that I won't get him one, but um, oh. um, we we haven't discussed how, how much time he's going to spend with us this weekend. Um, but uh, but I may be there as well, so maybe we can do like a little pre-show um, meetup on the Friday night. Absolutely, too. I'm down. All right, listeners, tell us what you want. We're you know tell us if you're going to be there. Let us know because we're excited. This is this is our big. You know, this is the first time that we get all of us in one spot. That's the first thing. That's exciting. Yes. And then, um, it's for a lot of us. It's the first, uh, our first panel ever at a as a convention. So. Yep. And for me, it's my birthday weekend, so I'm partying it up. That's awesome. Perfect. It's gonna be. So, I'm so excited. Me, oh, so me excited. too. I cannot wait. I've already put in my time off request at work. I'm taking like four days off so like, that I can do this. <laughs> I just wish school hadn't started already. Because oh. at that point, school has been gone. Um, is it starting that week or the week before? Yeah, yeah. It's starting the, the Wednesday before that. So <laughs> I think you're coming down with a cold then. Oh, you know. Well, it's funny because we're going to a family reunion the following weekend. Oh, so <laughs> I can't afford to not be in school that week. Uh, well, you can It'll always teach your class via Skype, right? right. I, you know what? I, it, we're getting close. We're getting close. We definitely have... I have had students Skype in um, when they're too sick to come in, but they don't want to miss the content. Wow. I would yeah, never have done that as there. a student. <laughs> well, my school's very uh, group-based, so if their team needs their help, <laughs> they make themselves available. Otherwise, the team makes decisions without them, which never ends well. Oh, uh, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that is our big uh, special event coming up. And now on to... Comic-Con, any big news that you want to get out of the way and geek out about right off the bat? 
Yes, 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 yes. Michael Keaton is confirmed as the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. And he's going to be wonderful. Oh my god, I cannot wait. I I loved Michael Keaton as Batman, and if he's going to be at all like that as the Vulture, I am all about this movie. It's It's such a great casting choice, and it's... I mean, it's a great way of making sure that the Vulture is a viable villain. Absolutely. Because that could go that could go south. Yeah, and I, I think I haven't been a big Spider-Man fan. I mean, I grew up with the cartoon show, so I, I liked the cartoon show. But uh-huh. all of the Spider-Man movies have fallen flat for me, and I've just been like, eh, Spider-Man, whatever. But Tom Holland's Spider-Man... I love Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to him uh in a solo movie and I I'm not a big solo movie person. Like the thing that I love about the Captain America movies is they're not really just Captain America. The first one was, but everything else has been a lot more Avengers light. Yeah. Um and Civil War was anything but Avengers light. Um but uh solo solo films don't necessarily excite me. They don't excite me in the comics either. Like I much re- I prefer to read the Avengers or X-Men versus Spider-Man or Iron Man or, you know, the solo titles. But uh, I'm actually really looking forward to this because I think it's kind of such a fresh take on the character that can get stale real fast. So um, well, so I'm looking forward to see what he does with it. And not only that, but I mean, Marvel's cinematic creative team is in control of this movie. And I have yet to be disappointed with a Marvel movie. Like, a true Marvel movie, not, like, a Marvel property, but just, like, true Marvel movies have been phenomenal. They really have been. And they've been fun, and they've held my interest, and I haven't had that much to bitch about with them. So, I think either way, it's going to be great. Well, since we're talking about that, um, Black Panther is coming out, and uh, it's going to be releasing on February 16th, 2018. Yay! Which seems like forever away. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, they've they've cast so many people. Um, Michonne from uh, from Walking Dead is the latest one that they've added. So that brings up a really good point, Joe, and I, I want to run this by you. Are you are you a Walking Dead fan at all? I am. Okay, so because she's now branching off and doing this movie, do you think she's the one that Negan kills? Um, I don't think so. Um. Have we talked about who we think Negan killed? You and I have not, no. Okay, because because I know who dies in the comic books, and I have a strong feeling it's not going to be that person. Yeah, it, and in fact, uh, Robert Kirkman said that he's going a completely different direction with the show. Okay, I am going to spoiler alert this right now. If you don't want any spoilers for uh, Walking Dead comic books or movie... Uh, fast forward maybe five or ten minutes. But um, in the comic book, you've read it, correct? Or you at least know who dies in the comic book? Yes. Okay. So I don't think it's going to be Glenn. I think it is going to be Abraham. Really? I do. Because um, he is the one who dies the way... Um, oh, what is the the doctor's name? The one that died this past season, the blonde with the glasses... Oh, yeah, I... You know who I'm talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. I just can't place him. Yeah, she dies exactly the way he dies in the book. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I could think that they would do that is because they're saving Abraham for 
Negan. Well, all the other all the other characters feel like they either have more story to tell or they have places that they could go or they are a minority that's not terribly represented in the story. Like all of the characters seem like there is a reason to keep them around except Abraham. Well, well, see, here's here's my opinion on that. Robert Kirkman has said he regretted killing off Abraham in the comics. Oh. So I don't think it's going to be Abraham. I mean, I could be wrong because you make some very valid points. But Robert Kirkman has a way of, you know, being George R. R. Martin and being like, yeah, I've built this character up. And, you you know, you think he has a future, but nope, I'm going to kill him. So I don't know. I I don't think it's going to be Rick. I don't think it's going to be Carl. No, because they've got too much story left. Yes. But at the same time, like he could turn that on our, on his head. I honestly think it'll be Michonne or Daryl. Oh, and I know if, if that happens, it'll only be because the if exactly what you were saying because the the actor wants out. Yeah, and I I think you know Daryl the Norman Reedus he loves Walking Dead, but I think he's ready for another project. Um, yeah, and I think we're ready to see him in other projects. Yes, um, maybe another Boondocks movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we've already seen that the actress that plays Michonne, forgive me, I don't know her name. Um, let me see, uh, Danae, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Guerrera, Guerrera. Sure. We'll go with that. Um, it's very clear that she wants to move on and do other projects too, because, you know, she's doing Black Panther. Um, so, you know, it, if she, they, I don't think they've announced what character she's playing. Um, but there is the possibility that she could be playing a major Marvel character. Because um, let us not forget that they have 68 characters that they need to fill for Infinity War. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about Black Panther to know what this means. But her character is, uh, the name is spelled O-K-O-Y-E. The head of the Dora uh, Milaje. I, I don't know what these words are. Okay. <laughs> and I, I and I apologize if that is nerd ignorant or if it's culturally ignorant and I just don't understand what it is. But um but yeah, I don't recognize the character, so she's it's not like she's playing um it's not like she's playing uh Photon yeah. or somebody like that. Which can I just say I I forget who I was talking to. It may have been my friend Rob, but it was definitely somebody at Comic Con. We all have been everybody's been talking about, you know, the first um, black characters with Marvel movies and the first women characters with their own Marvel movies and making a big deal. Why has nobody um, talked about Monica Rambeau from Avengers, who plays uh, one of the Captain Marvels and then Photon and has changed her name multiple times, but is like this strong black woman who has led the Avengers? You know, I, I couldn't tell you. Um Honestly, this is my first time hearing about it, <laughs> which is a, a real shame because she's a phenomenal character with a pretty kick-ass costume. Well, now that you've mentioned it, I'm going to go, you know, look it up and try and read some uh some comics with her in it. But I you know, I've always thought that Marvel has done a really good job of keeping their characters diverse. Um and the fact that that the cinematic universe hasn't quite gotten there yet is, is a real shame. Um, and I think that has more to do with Hollywood and, you know, whitewashing of movies, um, than anything else. But I, I think DC is actually going in the right direction with a diverse cast. 
because they're taking Aquaman, who is usually a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white guy, and they're making him a Polynesian guy. And I love that. And first of all, I love Jason. Uh, I've loved him since Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, he's a pretty phenomenal actor. Yes, and I, I think he is perfect as Aquaman, and I don't understand why people are bitching. But I digress. Yeah, I don't remember when she showed up, but she did lead the Avengers. She took over for the Wasp for a while. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a she was a a really my understanding, and from what I remember, and I could be wrong because again, I I don't think I read. She wasn't a big uh, player for a while there, so I read her back when I was a a kid. But I remember her being just a very strong character, and her gender and her race really didn't play a part in um you know didn't it, it, maybe it wasn't touched on enough but it wasn't like she wasn't the stereotype either direction yeah well and and that's something that marvel's really really good about in their comic writing is their character development is really really good um and they have a way of saying yep this is who they are you know it's you know we're not trying to make it a stereotype or anything we're just saying that this character is really strong. And, you know, I think Marvel spends a little bit too much time on their character development, but it works for them. Yeah. But it ends up causing the story to lack a little bit because a lot of their stories have not been that great. Yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is backstory. And then once you get to the actual plot, it kind of doesn't, doesn't oomph. Yeah. And then you get DC comics and they're the exact opposite of that. Their character development is, is mediocre. But their storylines are really, really great. And and that's my personal opinion. I have so very limited experience with DC that I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> oh, well, when I see you on the weekend of August 28th, I'll bring you some great DC stories. Nice, nice, nice. Well, speaking of DC, stuff that I do follow is they did make some announcements for Arrow and The Flash. Did you get to see either of those previews? Because I know you guys are big um, Arrow and Flash fans. I did see um, The Flash... Uh, preview, and I'm super excited about that. I haven't yet gotten to the Arrow because I'm going through and watching all of the panels from Hall H. The one of the one of the announcements that they will be making for the Arrow, and I apologize for for blowing this for you before you watch the panel. Yeah, spoil away. Um, but this this season will be the last season of Arrow flashbacks. Oh yeah, I did hear about that. Which, I, you know, it makes sense, because he was only on the island for five years, so... Yeah, which is exactly their point, and quite honestly, after a while, I get tired of... I, like, that's not the story I want to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping for good stuff from the Arrow this season, just because I think they finally realized that they're not going to get to do all the Batman stuff that they want to do, and they're just going to move on in a different direction. Yeah, and, you know, the Green Arrow has a lot of great storylines, so... Why they're trying to make him Batman is beyond me, but um, I did hear a rumor that we're supposed to see that they're going to try and get in Batman and Batwoman this season. Oh, really? Well, because the the producer is now the person running the DC Cinematic Universe. Yes. I forget his name. Jeff John? Maybe. Oh, I'm such a bad nerd. But I hope that means that they'll start putting back some of the stuff that they originally put because I would have loved to have seen a Harley in the Arrow universe. Oh God, yeah. I that you know we did actually see Harley in the Arrow universe, but we got a very small snippet of it, and I loved that it was Tara Strong's voice. Um, she 
did one of the original Harley Quinns in the Batman the Animated... Try that again. She did one of the original Harley Quinns in Batman the Animated Series. Which is actually a really good um, segue to... Um, <laughs> did did you hear anything about the whole Batman um, killing joke? I heard reception? it was terrible. I... I guess that we were going to we were going to try and like schedule a time to go see it. Mm. And um my friends and I looked it up and apparently Batman and Batgirl have a sex scene. What? Yeah. Oh my and god. They basically take Batgirl from what I've heard they basically take Batgirl and turn her into the girl in the refrigerator trope. Oh my god. So people were really not happy, like really not happy. Yeah, I I don't know what to say about that other than I'm not happy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, oh, go ahead. Their whole I'm sorry to catch you up, but their whole relationship was based on you know like mentor student. Yeah. That no. That no. Well, and my understanding is is that she like sits by the phone and waits for him to call, kind of thing, oh. which is not the Batgirl. Like, come on, guys, this is exactly what we're trying to steer away from. Yeah, no. And Batgirl was always like, you know, you may tell me what to do, but I'm gonna go do what I want anyway. She was always like a strong, independent character. Well, and the fact that she like again more spoilers. Sorry. Um, the the fact that the Killing Joke paralyzed her was a big deal. Like it yeah. was a big like people were really upset because they felt like it destroyed the character. And then they took that character and they turned her into Oracle, who by her own in in her own way was just kick ass. Oh yeah. And so this just kind of defeats all of that it takes all of that away from her and that's that's unfortunate yeah because weren't if i remember correctly in killing joke weren't we supposed to lose a robin too um jason awesome. todd? was jason todd the was that when when he went away <laughs> yeah i think so joker beat the crap out of him with a crowbar there's a lot of again not a not a huge dc fan so a lot of what i've i've gleaned from all of this is just general knowledge that you absorb through culture <laughs> yeah and, and you know and i could be mixing up my batman stories but i'm pretty sure that you know the reason why it's called the killing joke is because joker actually kills robin and he maims batgirl to get at batman so i'm i don't know they they're messing so much with like the canon and they're calling it like a whole new universe that i don't know what to to think anymore yeah, wasn't wasn't the death of uh, Jason Todd in the episode or in the issue a death in the family? Maybe I don't know because then we've also had a, a Joker story called Death of the Family where he kidnaps the entire Bat family in hopes of killing them in front of Batman, which kind of seems to be his mo. <laughs> yeah, let's just kidnap a bunch of people and kill them in front of Batman. <laughs> Look what I did for you. Now that is like a stalker love relationship right there. A whole new dynamic for the Batman Joker uh rivalry. Yes. A a uh, a a gay love story underlying plot, if you will. Takes to weird levels. <laughs> We're gonna move away from this topic. Yes, we can. <laughs> We're uh, gonna just leave that there and step away slowly. <laughs> so um I've got some arrow news for you. 
Go for um, it. The actor that plays Curtis, the um, the super brilliant guy um, that has been working with uh, Felicity, mm-hmm. uh, he's got the crazy hair. Yeah. Um, he confirmed that he will be suiting up as Mr. Terrific in this upcoming season of Arrow. That's awesome. And he said, you won't have to wait long because it's like episode two. Well, yeah, I know there's a lot of people who um, I, I think they're bringing in a new team. At least that's what the trailer implies. So he's one of them. They're bringing in a new canary and then they're bringing in a third character, which I don't know anything about. Wow, that that's kind of interesting. Yeah, because I was wondering how they were going to do that because it seems like at the end of each season, the team splits up. Yeah. Yeah, well, part of it's because nobody on that team talks to one another. In an age of cell phones, there's really just no reason for this to go on except for CW angst. Yeah, the, yeah, and I'm hoping they get more away from the CW angst because I'm getting tired of yelling at my TV. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who does that. <laughs> like the number of times it just was like, oh my god, just tell her already. <laughs> just tell her you love her. Do it. <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, they keeps us coming back, right? It does, and and. I, I feel guilty because it's like it's my emotional porn. <laughs> um, so uh, something else that we got out of uh, Comic Cons, keeping it in the CW, is we've got Tyler Hoechlin as Superman. We've got a, an image of him in the super suit. And- oh yes, I saw that, which I thought was well. A, I'm 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 glad that he is in something other than Teen Wolf. Oh come on, Teen Wolf is great. Are you watching it? Did did they do anything this summer? Yeah, they announced that uh, they're being canceled. Uh, this se- upcoming season is their last season. Yeah, because they were they were the the direction that they were going towards was to get rid of the entire original cast and bring in a new generation. Which at that point, I was like, I'm out. Yeah, a lot of people are like that. But I mean, the new cast or the uh, the new people that they brought on were not bad. They just weren't leading man material. No, 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 not at all. Um, the, his little beta, um, Liam, yes. was it Liam? Um, yeah, he was obnoxious. <laughs> the better. character was just whiny. <laughs> yeah. And, and just the whole of, I'm constantly angry pass. Yeah. 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 And I saw that heading that direction. Cause I've, I've been a big, uh, proponent of, of Teen Wolf since it first came out. I'm like, you know what? This is fun. It's diverse. It's interesting. It's different. But it just you can tell that they do not they do not pay their actors well enough yeah. because they all leave all of them. Yeah, I, and you know I was wondering if if it was maybe like if it was like a payment thing or it was like you know I've done my stint with MTV now I'm gonna go on and do other things mm-hmm. kind of thing. But well, I think the only reason why they've kept the two leads is because they are now I think executive producers and get percentages oh yeah that would make sense yes but as far as uh superman going into uh supergirl i think that's going to be exciting i hope i hope it's i hope supergirl has a good transition yeah me too and i i think a lot of it is going to hinge on like flashpoint uh because one of the other things that was announced about the cw shows is that the crossover event that they're having this year it's going to uh. include all four of the CW superhero shows. So that's Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. And Supergirl, I have to I have to catch up on both Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow. Um Legends of Tomorrow kind of plateaus, um uh, but 
you know what? I'm looking forward to the next season because I think they finally have a direction to go in. Um, and Supergirl, one thing that will annoy you about Supergirl, I think, is the fact that they keep teasing you with Superman and you never see him. Uh-huh. And I'm honestly super excited that they finally cast a Superman and we're going to get to see him. Yeah. And he's and I I like him. I think he's a good actor. I think he's fun. He's hot. He makes a good he makes a good uh I I I can see him in the role. Absolutely. He's got a good he's got the Superman smolder. Yes. Yes, he does. All right. When well, they also since we're still on DC, they also did a, a Justice League trailer. Mm-hmm. Which I'm I'm hesitant to get excited about, but kind of want to because it does have some fun and interesting stuff in it yeah i'm not really sure how to feel about that the 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 justice league trailer i mean and i know i've talked about this on your show and on my show before i am just extremely pissed that they're not using the amazing flash that they already have yeah yeah although he was he was a different take but it was a fun take if you say so (laughs) <laughs> I had the long pause. I was like, oh, he disagrees. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I I personally cannot stand Ezra Miller. I cannot. Yeah, I, I don't have strong feelings towards him one way or the other. Okay, well, hopefully you'll, you'll side with me when you see Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> and if we don't, then it's a wonderful, wonderful source of discourse. <laughs> but hey, the keep things interesting, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um... Wonder Woman, their trailer was, honestly, I thought a little less exciting. I'll see, the, again, I have to disagree with you because I loved the uh, the Wonder Woman trailer. I'm just worried that, I'm I'm worried about where the character goes because it felt like they were hitting a lot of female lead tropes in just the trailer alone. And I'm thinking, okay, if they're doing that, then is the is is she going to be a strong character or is she going to feel i don't know just patronized that's my that's my biggest concern right now yeah i can see i can see what you're saying um i really really hope that they don't go that route and make her like a total mary sue um but i think that they're teasing that but in actuality, she's going to be just like total badass and, you know, it's going to be done right. That's my hope. I hope so. I hope there felt like a lot of pining over Steve Austin. Yeah. And and I feel like that relationship should really feel like he should feel like he's out of his league. Yeah. And I, there were elements of that in the trailer for me. Like, were there? Yeah. Because like um, the whole scene where, you know, she's like, what's a secretary? And, you know, the secretary's like, well, I get his coffee, I do this, I do this, I do this. And she goes, that sounds like slavery. And you can see the look come across Chris Pine's face of, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> I loved that, by the way, because the secretary was like, oh, I like her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah, no, there are elements of it, but we just, we can't judge a movie based on its trailer, honestly. No, as as we have seen from a lot of trailers recently, a lot of, I, I don't know what happened in the trailer making industry, <laughs> but it feels like they have missed the boat on a lot of them lately. Yeah, I some of these trailers are like, that looks fantastic, and then I go see the movie and it's like, the hell was that? And vice versa, you know, where it's like a friend dragged me to a movie that I didn't really want to see, and I walked out and I'm like, that was amazing. Yeah. 
Um, flipping back over to the other side of the comic book worlds, um, they released, everybody was like, they released the Marvel Defenders preview, and it's just, it's just the, the, like, title sequence. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is not, this is not, this is, is the definition of teaser. <laughs> yeah, um. I'm kind of looking forward to the Defenders. You know, it, I think it'll be a good show. Um, I'm so looking forward to the Defenders. Well, Netflix really hasn't done a bad Marvel show. No, and and I'm looking forward to to Luke Cage. I think the the only thing that I'm looking forward to more than Luke Cage is um is Iron Fist, just because I think they're both so completely different than anything we've had up till now. Um, yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to both of them. And when it all comes together in Defenders, oh. Well, you, sir, can have your Luke Cage and you can have your Iron Fist. Because <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> one of the things that they announced at the uh, beginning of the Luke Cage panel was that the Punisher standalone series begins production uh, this fall. Oh wow! They're gonna are they gonna are they gonna run out of places to put these movies? Because I feel like. I feel like they've got a lot of stuff that they're going to try and put on Netflix in the next couple of years. I don't think they're going to because uh, we're not getting another season of Daredevil or Jessica Jones until at least 2018. Okay. And they're talking about like summer 2018. So we're two years away from that. So they've got plenty of room for, you know, Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist and Punisher and the Defenders. So... I think, you know, we're good on that front. Um, you know, also something that kind of came out of Comic-Con, came out about the same time, is um, Netflix's, uh, the guy who's in charge of the show acquisitions, I guess, um, mm-hmm. came out and said that uh, the reason they didn't save Agent Carter was because it wasn't one of their shows. It was an uh-huh. ABC show, and it was a business decision not to save Agent Carter. And I understand that, and I think I'm actually okay with Agent Carter. I, I loved Agent Carter, but I don't know that... I think there's so much other stuff coming out, I don't know how high that ends up placing on my list. Yeah, and I, I'd rather see Netflix go their own direction and make their own original material than right. go and save every little show that the fanboys want. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And um, again, it's not, you know... It's not Netflix, but uh, Agents of Shield announced that they're going to add um, Ghost Rider. Yes, it's- and everybody was very. I, I heard a lot of people go, "Really, really? Why would they do that? That doesn't sound like it's it fits with with Shield." But if you figure that they always kind of partner off of the movies, and the next movie we're getting is Doctor Strange, it, it makes complete sense that they'd add something that was a little bit more supernatural. Absolutely, I, I agree. Um, you know, and the other thing is, is, I was talking about this with a lot of my friends, and they were, uh, they're kind of like mixed emotions on Ghost Rider coming in. Uh-huh. Because I think they were all thinking it was Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. And it's not Johnny Blaze, it's Robbie Reyes. Oh. Uh, which is why he's in a souped up car versus riding a motorcycle. Um, so I think it's going to be great. Um, you know, ever since. Uh, Marvel reacquired the rights to Ghost Rider again. You know, everybody's been wondering how they're going to work it in, how they're going to work it in. Um, and I'd rather have him appear on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because that means he's going to potentially end up in uh, Infinity War. 
Right. Although I've heard rumors that they're not putting the any of the television series, in, I mean, definitely not Netflix, but they're also not putting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into the movie. See, I only heard that it was not the Netflix, or it was the Netflix properties that weren't going to end up in uh, Infinity War. Because the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has tied very heavily into the movies, so it would make sense for that jump to occur. It would, but I'm wondering if they're going to if they're going to remain where they they react to the movies as opposed to directly intersect with the movies. Now, that's a good point because we haven't seen anybody talking about Coulson, even though they know he's alive now. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know where Brian. Where are they getting all of these <laughs> these characters from? They don't have that much longer to go. <laughs> well, I I heard a little something that um from the Doctor Strange panel, um, because that was one of the ones I did watch. And they're talking about Doctor Strange opening up the the Marvel multiverse. Uh-huh. So what that says to me is that in some way, shape, or form, Doctor Strange is going to be able to pull superheroes from different universes for Infinity War. Um, and we're going to see a lot of those Marvel characters that we don't normally see or have, like, different incarnations of them. Like, you know, maybe we'll get the Falcon Captain America incarnation. Maybe we'll get the Bucky Barnes Captain America um, all of a sudden being pulled into the movies. That'd be interesting. That would definitely... That would be kind of cool. I think it would. I mean, you, you have a lot of actors pulling double duty, but I, I definitely think it would be interesting to watch. If they uh, if they can get their their lines lined up with uh fox in time <laughs> might be a good way to get the x-men in there because then they don't have to exist in that universe but you can still use them for a big movie like that yeah and from what i've heard they've actually planned out infinity war without the x-men so we're looking at 68 marvel characters that are not the x-men the the fact of the matter is is there's plenty of ways to do this there's plenty of ways to get that many into the the movie without touching on any of the X universe or the fantastic four, mm-hmm. but, but when they're going to introduce them, I don't know, or maybe that's what they're going to do. They'll just pull out all of these characters and then explain who they are later. Um, because I would, I mean, some of the characters I would love to see, we need a she Hulk. Oh yes. Because she's one of the best characters in the Marvel universe. Um, as I said, you know, Spectrum or Photon or whoever you want to call Monica Rambo is a character that I don't know why they haven't, tapped into yet because uh, you know she's she's a great character with you know some that adds some well-needed diversity in there um i don't know who who else would you like to see kind of thrown into the mix um honestly i want to see nova oh yeah nova definitely should be in there i want to see richard Ryder as nova um you know i i I am a huge fan of Nova, and that's been like a recent thing. Um, recent as in like a couple years ago. Uh, and if, if you get a chance, um, read the new Nova series. It's basically Richard Ryder's son, um, who assumes the mantle of Nova, and he's like 14 and trying to figure out how to use his superpowers. Amazing comic series. Uh, I've seen I've seen a couple of of issues of that as I was um I, I've got a subscription to Unlimited and uh and I, it's it's like navigating the the biggest smorgasbord of 
of content you could ever have because you just have no idea where to start. Yeah. And so I did, I think something took me to there and I saw a couple of, of issues and it's really good. Oh yeah. It's phenomenal. Um, and what I would recommend doing at this point is because I think there's six volumes out now is just going and picking up the trades because you can pick up the trade where it starts and read on from there and, and not miss anything. And it's really fantastic. Um, but the other thing that I'm excited about and that I was hoping that they would do is introduce Wonder Man into the universe. And they're doing that. And guess who's playing Wonder Man? Is that uh, Nathan Fillion? Yes. Perfect casting. I I love it. I mean, I'm a little upset that we're not going to get a Nathan Fillion booster goal. But True. Wonder Man is just as good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that is another person that they can add into the uh, the mix. So I'm I'm a big proponent of I'm a big proponent of anybody they want to throw in because when back in the the 90s I enjoyed going into the deep dive of the you know West Coast Avengers and Alpha Flight oh, yeah. and all the like B and C level teams because there were some fun characters in there. You want to pull out. Living Lightning, you go right ahead. I will be okay with that. And see, that's why you need to read the the Young Nova series that I was just telling you about. Because he ends up meeting up with all of these B and C teams, and you're like, oh my god, it's that guy! That's awesome. So, definitely pick it up, read it, Joe. You'll love it. Very cool. So, um, I've got one last thing that I wanted to touch on uh, from Comic-Con that I saw that I'm not necessarily happy about. Okay. Um, I watched recently the MacGyver reboot panel. Oh, how'd that go? I facepalmed through most of it. Oh, no. Because one of the questions that was asked by the moderator, and I don't know if he was, like, genuinely asking because he wanted to know or if he was trying to set them up for failure, because he asked them, did you consult with any of the original team members of the original MacGyver? And they were like... No, we're hoping to get Richard Dean Anderson on the show, but we haven't talked to him yet. And I was just like, no, you are not going to make it past your first season. And I've seen the trailer for the new MacGyver. It looks crappy. Yeah, I wasn't terribly excited. And I, I, I will probably watch the pilot. And I'm one of those people that gives shows probably too, too long. Like I, I... I don't just judge them on the pilot because I know that a lot of them need to get their legs. Yep. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get too far into this one. The only thing is, is it's on CBS, so there could be that, you know, because, I mean, freaking Scorpion is doing well. They got a second season, and that show's terrible. Yeah, it is. But- and that's when I uh, that's when I gave way too long. I, I every Every week it just got more and more ridiculous. And my husband has no patience for... Things are that are just blatantly implausible. Yeah. Like he's okay if you've if you're if you're working within your universe and your rules, that's awesome. But if you're established in the the existing universe and you know there's a major like stuff like major emergencies and no SWAT teams being called or anything else. Yeah, well, just call like, these guys that are really really smart. Yeah, we're just gonna send two cops into this building when any other real life scenario would send an entire troop of people. Yeah. Um, 
that that drives him up a wall. So trying to get him to stick with the series past episode two or three when it's as bad as Scorpion was um, was a feat in of itself. But uh, you know, there's only so many times you can like almost land a plane just to get Wi-Fi <laughs> that I can watch before uh, before I'm out. Yeah, and and that's the way that it looks like it's going to be with MacGyver. Because one of the other questions that they asked is, you know, in the original MacGyver, he wasn't about using guns. And is that going to be the same way he here? And they all kind of looked at each other and they're like, um, no, we're our MacGyver, you know, he'll use a gun when he feels it's necessary. And <sighs> and he's got his buddy here that's going to back him up. And it's like, uh, no. <sighs> Yeah, but uh, honestly, when we heard that there was, I think if anybody else is like me, I think when you hear MacGyver reboot, you instantly go, that would be so cool, but there's no way it's going to be good. I think that's what pretty much everybody's reaction has been. Yeah, and, you know, I would have been happier if it was like a passing of the torch kind of thing, Uh huh. you know, rather than just like a full on blatant reboot. And I don't understand why Hollywood doesn't do that. Uh, do that more of like a passing of the torch kind of thing. I, f- I feel like when you do a flat out reboot, you're just basically dismissing what brought interest to that character in the first place. Uh huh. So I I don't know. Well, and I mean they they actually did have a, a pass the torch. I don't know if you ever saw the MacGyver movie. There was but there was a, oh yeah there was a made for TV movie um, where he he finds he has a son. Well, shit, he had a different girl every episode. That's not surprising. No, it's not. It's not. But it kind of felt like it could be a passing of the torch type of of movie. Um, But I think that was kind of the death knell of the franchise at that point. Yeah, this is probably why I don't even know about the movie. You know, because I've been watching the MacGyver reruns via Netflix. How do they hold up? Um, it's very, very campy, but it's still good. I mean, it's the the science is still there, and it, it's still a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I'm actually about to uh, this weekend. I had planned on starting uh, a Quantum Leap marathon uh, because that's also on Netflix. Yeah, I I think I was I just missed the Quantum Leap. I think I was either too young or too busy when that was out, and I I remember watching it when my grandparents were watching it. But I don't remember. Uh, that was not one that I I heavily invested it in. Oh, so you're not a Scott Bakula fan? Um, I li- I like the stuff he does. Like I just I just I don't fanboy over him like some people do. Oh, I I am all about Scott Bakula. No, the last thing I saw Scott Bakula in was Looking, which was a horrible, horrible, horrible gay uh, TV series that. My husband absolutely loved, and I just I couldn't I couldn't sit through I couldn't sit through it at all. It was terrible. It it was like everything. Have you heard of the the show Girls? I want to say yes, but it's more than likely no. The 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 idea was is my my understanding. I've never seen it, but but the idea is is it's these these women and it's their stories. You know, totally fiction, but it's the stories. They're completely you hate them all. Like, there's nothing redeeming about the characters, and so you just sit there and watch these horrible people do horrible things. And so it was basically every neuroses that is associated with being gay oh, God. had had a manifestation in one of these characters, and that's 
all it was. And Scott Bakula's character was just oddly placed and uncomfortable. And he did, he's a good actor and he did a fine job with a horrible character. Yeah. And that's actually, um, cause you know, nerd HQ that's run by Zachary Levi during comic con. Uh-huh. Um, he actually did a panel with, uh, Scott Bakula at nerd HQ this year. Um, and I watched that panel and he said he tries to pick roles that he hasn't done before and that are interesting to him um, so that he's never doing the same role twice. So that may have been one of those things where he said, hey, I've never played a gay guy before. I'm going to do that. And and he did a, a an admirable job. It was just the character was just there was nothing good about the situation that he was put in and the people he had to deal with were like, you know, you know, at our age, we're getting to that age where as much as we don't want to be the get off your lawn kind of guy, you, you see people who are in their, their young twenties making all the same stupid mistakes that we made. Yep. And you, you feel for them, but not so much because you're just like, Oh my God, get over yourself and move on. Yeah. It was, it was an entire series of that. It's an entire series of watching people do stupid things where you're like, this doesn't make sense to anyone. Why are you doing it? Oh, no. Ugh. And that's a that's a big reoccurring theme on television lately. And I think it's a theme that needs to end. I, You know, I agree with you because there's so many shows that I watch that I'm, you know, I describe them as messy. Uh-huh. Just because it's like you're sitting there going, that is not going to work out well for you, my friend. And it's just like... You watch them run headlong into it. It's just like, no, stop, don't do it. Yeah, and, it's, watch- and it's not even the fun. It's not even the fun. Watch the train wreck things. It's just kind of the this. The, the only reason why there is drama in this episode is because of your stupidity. <laughs> exactly, and just running headlong into a situation that you know will not end well, but doing it anyway. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, I think the last time we spoke, I had mentioned watching I Zombie. Uh huh. Um, that's when you were on our show, actually. It may have been, yeah. And there are so many situations that are like that, but it makes sense why they're running headlong into a situation that they know is bad for them. You know, it's because, like, they literally have no other choice. So, I mean, that's still kind of interesting, but it, that has me cringing at the teeth. Yeah, I mean, if if it's justified and well done, awesome. I just feel like lately, so often it's... <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. All right, sir. We have been talking for quite a while. Yes, we have. <laughs> and as much fun as I am having, I am hoping that we can uh, wrap it up just so that my poor listeners don't have to listen to three hours oh, absolutely. <laughs> of an episode. Though, though we have skipped a couple this month, so you know, maybe maybe an extra little bit of time isn't such a bad thing. But are there any other last things that you definitely want to to highlight that we haven't necessarily talked about yet? Um, no, I, I think we did a pretty good job of covering our favorite parts of uh, Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it was a good year this year. I think um, there are big moves being made by geek geeks and geek culture that are even removed from the big celebrity panels and everything else. I feel like there's a, an undercurrent of wanting to change and improve our, our culture. And so that's an exciting thing that... Uh, I hope everybody kind of starts supporting. Absolutely. I'm all on board for that. Very cool. Um, anybody you would like to send a shout-out to this week? 
Yes, my co-host Philippe, who was woken up at 3 o'clock this morning to go into work to fix servers. Um, I hope he gets some sleep, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we miss you, Philippe, but uh, hopefully everything went well, and uh, we will definitely have to have you guys both on the show again so we can uh, talk to him a little bit more. Absolutely, we'll work something out. Yeah. And then I would like to send a shout-out to my friend Sean Daly, who has named his Aerodactyl in Pokemon Go Geektitude ah. and uh, frequently retweets um, uh, pictures of Geektitude when he is taken over a gym. So I very much appreciate the uh, the free publicity. <laughs> so so if you are running around the Alhambra area and you happen to see Geektitude, the Aerodactyl, uh, taking over a gym, that is Sean's uh, Sean's Pokemon and in tribute to us. So so much appreciated. All right, coming up next week, we will be talking Suicide Squad with Ray Vargas. Are you looking forward to uh, Suicide Squad? Not really. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's still part of that Zack Snyder era of DC movies. So I don't know. I'll see it and I'll go in with an open mind, but we'll see. Well, I will have to get your feedback and we'll add it to uh, next week's um, uh, commentary. We'll, we'll get a we'll get a Brian update. Sounds good. Awesome. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Brian, where can we find you? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter um, at Average Geek Show. Uh, our Facebook page is at Average Geek Show Official. Um, you can find our podcast, The Average Geek Show, at anywhere podcasts are found. Um, if you would like to send me an email or send our show an email, you can send it to info at averagegeekshow.com. And we hope that uh, your fans of Geektitude will also like and share our podcast, The Average Geek. Yeah, if you haven't checked out The Average Geek Show, you definitely should, because it's a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I, it, is, it is one of my favorites on my feed. And then as we are exiting out, I just want to remind everybody this week, please, well, this week, moving forward, combat some of the negativity out there. Amen. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek.